Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Bear Territory, or formerly uh, known as Hashtag Knowledge Hour with William, not Will. I'm your host, William Andrews, joined by one of my good brothers, Mr. Keith Pickens Jr. Good morning, sir. Glad to have you here in Bear Territory territory with us how are you i'm doing great this morning well it's a pleasure to be here i thank you for inviting me on the show man i'm in bear territory i'm ready to get it started you just broke the first cardinal rule sir you call me will and it clearly says in the title william not will but it's okay it's okay we're gonna keep it moving i'm not even gonna give that any energy right now <laughs> um First off, uh, I want to say thank you to all the listeners. Uh, as for those who listened to the first episode, I stated that that was a pilot. I was not sure if I was going to continue this, but obviously a lot of people just said I could not drop the mic and walk away. So here we are with episode two. Thank you so much for the listeners who are listening and uh, those who are uh, uh, supporting Hashtag Knowledge Hour. I do appreciate it. Uh, we will uh, do our best to deliver uh, great content. Uh, we are going to do the show on a bi-weekly basis um, for now, uh, just to get started, and we'll just see where it goes from there. Um, uh, shout out to Motown Motivated. I appreciate you guys as well. A pandemic is still going on, and you're still allowing myself and many other podcasts to uh, have a, a platform to speak our minds and use our voices. Um, we got a few things on tap today, Keith. We, we're going to talk about the uh, state of black men in America, uh, talk about some generational wounds uh, that might be invisible to the naked eye, but you and I both know they still exist. Uh, the definition of brotherhood and, you know, what that means to you and I and 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 just uh, the male culture as a whole, not just black men, but we especially, you know, we, we have brothers of all colors. Um, and of course, we'll do our 10 minute reflection at the end of the show uh, where we uh, Keith and I'll just get off uh, the message that uh, we feel we need to deliver. Does that sound good with you? Oh, man, I'm ready. Well, before we get started today, I made a promise to my grandmother. Uh, she uh, she enjoyed the first episode and she gave me a uh, 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 paper here she wanted me to read. Um, very good message. Uh, if you're not a religious person, I do understand, uh, but this is still a message that could be taken um, within all types of contexts. Judgment and restoration. Uh, go into your houses, my people, and shut the door behind you. Hide yourself from... Hide yourself for a little while until God's anger is over. The Lord is coming from his heavenly dwelling place to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The murders that were secretly committed on the earth will be revealed and the ground will no longer hide those who have been killed. You know, it's powerful. Yes. And, and again, like I said, I understand some of our listeners aren't religious, but that is still something uh, on the surface you definitely can understand. All right. Um, 
we don't really get into personal lives here on the show unless my guests feel, you know, they just want to drop an example. So I just want to take a moment to explain brotherhood and how Keith and I have that relationship. So for those who know me, I graduated from Oakland Community College in 2014, and I transferred to Oakland University in the fall of 2014. My first semester there was rocky. I had some deaths in the family, and I just was running on fumes. And I did not know if I wanted to continue my college education at that time. My first semester at OU was just, like I said, rocky. It just, it wasn't my up-to-standard self. Um, and I love OU. I love my alma mater. I eventually did graduate from there. Um, but my first semester, I must admit, I did not run into any black people. I saw black people, but I didn't actually run into any, like, have a conversation <laughs> with. So... I don't know, you know, it kind of just felt like the, uh, you know, the token black person, you know, just in that one semester. And I was kind of shy, you know, I was kind of just, I was in a moment as well. You were just doing your thing. Exactly. So I told myself for the winter of 2015, the spring 2015, whichever you call it, the semester, uh, spring 2015 semester, I told myself, if I didn't feel comfortable here, this was it. You know, um, OU had rejected me in 09, um, and now I had proved myself, you know, to go to this university. So now here I was, and I was on the verge of leaving. And then I had a, 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 a ironically, my major was a social, I'm a social major and a psych minor, and I had a communications course that um, I took, and uh uh, funny thing was I met a gentleman in this class one particular day he sat behind me and I had my uh, Raiders hat on I am a Raiders fan um, uh, Oakland Raiders Las Vegas is a topic for another day but anyway he sat behind me and he said hey man you a Raiders fan I said yeah you know kinda and uh, he said that his uncle was a Raiders fan and he introduced himself to me, said his name was Keith. And that, my friend, is history. The rest is history. Here yes, we are, just brothers in arms. Five years later. Five years later. <laughs> Five years later. Still strong. Still strong, man. Still <laughs> strong. And I appreciate it between yourself, your wife, Takora, Blake, Kalik, all you guys, all my beautiful black family who I just, when I saw you guys at OU, I said, you know what? I can do this. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah, the unfortunate part was you guys came out before me. You all walked yeah. in 2015. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it didn't take me long. I, I came out in 2016. So That's I was all right. Year, I was a year after. So, but I do, I wanted to thank you on the show for giving me that encouragement to continue. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, and yeah. I, I really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, that takes me into our first topic, bro. Um, the state of the black man in America. This is 2020. This is now August. We are now on the back end of the year. We discussed on our last episode with uh, Ozaramba Chief O some of the impact that 2020 has had. But let's talk about us in, in general. Uh, black men, we, we have always had scars. But I really feel some of those scars have just grown some serious infections this year. Um, 
invisible and visible. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- where do you feel the black man stands as of right now? Do you feel that we're we're making improvements? Do you feel we're at a standstill, or do you feel we're just a, a very critical time? The state of the black man, or for those who say the African American, um, in this country in 2020, it's we are. I don't know, man. You know, you you articulated that very well. You know, the scars that have become infectious, and it is still like that to this day. And you know, it's it's pretty evident that we still have a long way to go. We have taken numerous strides, you know, to become, you know, you guys mentioned it last episode, um, you know, they used to consider us, what is it, one third Mm -hmm. of a a human being? Subhuman. Subhuman, Mm -hmm. you know, so we have fought the long fight to become all of a human. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't even feel like, I know well, we're humans, but I don't feel like our counterparts see us as human. Not mm-hmm. all of them, but, right. you know, a good maybe 45%. I don't want to even say half, <laughs> you know, but anyways, right. I mean, that's another topic for another day. Right. But, um, you know, the current state is we're just some, we're, we're menti- I feel like we're mentally unstable. Mm. And it's all just been destined upon how we've been treated. Mm. since we've gotten here Mm. you know being listed as one third of a person being beat being whipped being lynched you know being seen as a threat Mm. brother we couldn't even read you know we we had to teach ourselves how to read and write Mm. and that was frowned upon Mm. that was you were considering breaking a law right you know because you weren't to educate yourself you were to get on your hands and knees pick that cotton, pick all the cotton, make our economy run, and we're going to also put you in the economy by selling you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Willie Lynch theory, I always bring that up in conversations with individuals mm-hmm. because those are mental chains that have been locked mm-hmm. in our culture and continue to be locked and not broken. Mm-hmm. And you can see it today. Uh, you know, 2020 has been different. Uh, we are in the middle of a pandemic, mm. but we are also dealing with injustices. Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, just to say a few without getting emotional about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just have so much longer to go, you know, as, mm-hmm. p- as far as being a black man in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think black men are beautiful. We're intelligent. You know, we, we're very prideful. We do for our families. You know, we want to make sure that we are doing the right things with in the scope of the rules of this country to 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 have that American dream. You know, a lot of that American dream was taken from us. Uh, but, you know, we are there are some that are doing, you know, well, and then there are some that aren't doing so well. But, you know, for the state of the black man right now, I just think we're we're mentally we're mentally unstable with the things that are that are being thrown at us. And the ways that we're being pulled and swayed in everyday culture. You know, and that's a very good point, Keith. I appreciate you, um, you know, speaking on this. You know, when I, for me personally, when I think of 
the the scars we speak of of the black men of yesterday and today it's almost like a hereditary illness that gets passed down like uh if you have a a, a strand of uh, diabetes in your family or heart conditions mm -hmm. those scars from slavery from civil rights movements from jim crow they continuously just go to the next generation yes. and while they might not have the same uh uh strand the damage is still the same you know you and and the makeup might not look as uh, uh, vivid colors, but you can still read between the lines and see the colors as they mix and match. You know, uh, we, we came, our ancestors came over in, in chains, you know, and uh, now uh, we, we see so many brothers locked up in jail. You know, some I understand who have committed serious crimes and have to pay their time, and some brothers literally being black in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mental illness, especially in the black community, is a real thing. And it has gone unchecked and overlooked for so long. And it's, it's a, we're at a pivotal time where that just can't be allowed anymore. Um, and and I want to I wanna say this without... You know, and I want to make this clear. The scars, the generational scars that we're talking about, like you said, we weren't even allowed to read and write. Look at some of our inner city school systems. Now, I can't blame everyone because some people try to come in and change. But when you have a system that's in place by the invisibles, as I like to call them, the establishment who don't want to be seen, there's only so much you can do, and that's very unfortunate. That's very sad. So when you say about talking about slavery, how we weren't even allowed to read and write, isn't it crazy how we have that ability now? And there are a lot of brothers who graduating from high school and still can't read and write. Yeah. That's crazy because the United States government, the United States in general is saying this child from, you know, from X amount of years up until, you know, I can't remember uh, the actual age where you can drop out and, you know, there won't really be any consequences. Um, the fact is, you know, you, you graduate from high school. Somebody black, uh, brown, any color for that matter, somebody's graduated. But since we're talking about black men right now, there's somebody graduated. Even this year, I'm sure somebody's graduated without being able to read and write. Oh, yeah. So that means that state, no matter what state it is, Michigan, California, Florida, Texas, whatever, somebody has graduated this year. And don't know how to read or write. And has, does not know how to read and write. And the fact is that school system has done that person a disservice. Yes. Because, I, and of course you and I have were able to enjoy our high school graduations. I do feel for class of 2020, you guys are the strongest class I've ever seen. Shout out to you guys. I know their experience in graduating was a little different. Virtual. Know, virtual. Missing out on prom. Exactly. Yeah. But that brings this point to somebody just graduating, not being able to read and write. So let's kind of turn back the clock to last year, class of 2019, who didn't experience any of this. Somebody down the line 
who did not get that proper education that they should be granted, mm-hmm. they won't feel the effects. Well, actually, they might be feeling them now with the pandemic going on. If, you know, maybe had this not been going on, they might not have felt the, felt the effects right away. But that disservice was going to come eventually. Mm-hmm. Because how can a job hire you if you can't read, if you can't write? You know, and even your your factory jobs, your manufacturing jobs, you know, your retail jobs, you still have to be able to use, uh, you know, the more uh, simple reading uh, skills, mm-hmm. mathematics skills, mm-hmm. counting money, mm-hmm. you know, uh, inventory, things of that nature. So uh, the generational scars, like we said, I think they have just been overlooked for so long. You know, I think society and I I have to hold us accountable as well. I can't sit here and say that, you know, we did not play a role into this. We put a bandage over a wound without treating it. And I think society, instead of treating it, just prayed it went away. And here we are, you know, with a lot of brothers who are experiencing even the college educated brothers like ourselves. You know, you you still experience what it's like to be a black man in some shape, form, or fashion. It might not be police brutality. It might not be racism in the workforce. But there's always a constant reminder somewhere. And some brothers are a little bit more uh, calm to handle it than others. And that's why I brought up mental illness, and I really wanted to get your take on that. As far as black men and mental illness, it's real. Very you know, real. Very uh, real. I don't care how much we try to ignore it. Uh, I know that probably in our uh, ancestors, you know, decades ago, um, you know, th- those kind of things went overlooked. You, you felt because uh, our, our culture has endured so much that you just kind of chalked that up as thick, having thick skin. You know, you, you've got to take it all in stride. Well, okay, here's what happens when you take it all in stride. Here's what happens when you are subjected to taking all this, and this is the outcome of just swallowing it all with any type of release. You know, you're swallowing all this toxic energy that you may have not created. It might have been created simply by you being born in the color of your skin, but you have no release. You know, we know that in the black community, it's not prone that we see therapists, we see psychiatrists, we see psychologists. It's frowned upon. Actually. Exactly. You know, because the first thing they're going to say is, and I'm going to turn it over to you. The first thing they're going to say is, well, what couldn't you have said to the doctor? You couldn't have said to me. You know, we get easily offended because we are black and we feel that, you know, we should talk amongst ourselves Well, there's some things that and it's nothing personal. I need professional help. And even even if you are professional, you're still going to be biased. I need I need to release this. Since I'm living in it, I need to re- just like trash. We we accumulate trash every week and the trash man comes to pick it up every week. That's releasing trash. That's getting trash out the house because we know more trash is going to accumulate. Mm-hmm. You can't pile this on top of each other. And expect the the barrel not to break at some point. Right. 
So as far as the black man and mental illness goes, where do you feel we stand on that? I feel that for way too long in our culture, like you, like you said, and like you articulated, we frown upon going to seek out help. And we frown upon that by, and every individual is different, but we frown upon it saying, well, like you said, why didn't you come talk to me? You don't need no help. No psychiatrist can tell you what you need to do. You know, you need to look within yourself and things like that. It's very important, you know, for people, black people, to go seek out professional help when it's needed. Um, Charlemagne the God a while ago made a good point. When your teeth are aching, who do you go see a dentist? If you have some ailments going on within your body, who do you go see a doctor? Well, who do you go see when your mind is not right? You know, you can seek out professional help. Now, me being a religious person, me, you know, being a Christian, you know, I go to my word. Mm. But like you said earlier in the beginning of the show, there are some people who are listening who aren't religious. So mm. where, who, where do you get your release from? Right. Well, you can seek out help, mm. professional help. When you lose your mind, you lose yourself. And that's a hundred. Mm. You, you have to have your mind. You right. know, you can't, you cannot function without a clear mind. Right. And there are a lot of individuals out in the world functioning or trying to function with a clouded mind. Go get help. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. Sometimes you need outside, an outside view on something. Mm -hmm. Whereas, okay, Will, you and I can have a conversation. Mm -hmm. You can give me all of what you're feeling and release. Mm -hmm. Vice versa, I can do the same for you. Mm -hmm. And because we are who we are, we're going to keep it 100 with each other. We don't believe in, you know, just trying to coddle each other. You right. know, if I'm doing something wrong, I expect you to check me and vice versa. Right. But you have others where people might feel like they're giving advice, but it's crippling advice because now you are coddling that person right. instead of being real with them. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go seek out help, you're cutting out that, that middleman, somebody that's biased. This person is giving you their opinion from an unbiased state. Right. Then obviously, if you go see a psychiatrist, you get a relationship with that person if you're going constantly. Mm -hmm. But they are being paid to, you know, give you that assistance and that help that you need mentally. And it's coming from an unbiased state. Mm -hmm. So I feel that, you know, whatever you're going through, you know, whether it be financial, personal, mm -hmm. anything in your life that is just clouding your mind and clouding your judgment, go get professional help. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. Right. That's the point. That's why these individuals have studied me. They went into sociology, psychology, things of that nature, you know? And again, don't get me wrong, those individuals, pretty, pretty sure they have some things going on in their personal lives as well, and they seek out help. But don't feel like you can't go out and get the assistance and the help that you need, especially our black brothers, because again, it's just been something that we have been dealing with for a long time. You are absolutely right. Um, you know, the funny thing is, I sat here and I thought about just how deep this rabbit hole goes with this, with mental illness, uh, and, and especially in black men, because you can, you can also look at this from a resource standpoint. You have a lot of brothers who um, may not know how a lot of a lot of individuals may not know how to seek out that type of help may not have the insurance 
the resources to seek out that type of help. So, uh, you know, they turn to uh, a lot of the more reachable resources, which may not always be good for releasing toxic, especially if what you're using as to suppress it could be also toxic as well. Right. You know, um, I do agree with you. Uh, now, if professional help is not your thing, that's perfectly fine as well. I, I definitely recommend maybe some type of hobby, some type of positive release, something that your body. Here's the crazy part, Keith, and you are you understand this. Our bodies, we we think of them as tools. You know, some people think of them as uh, just like a temple. Mm-hmm. You know, but just like your body, your mind needs to heal. Your mind needs to refresh. You know, we all have, this is 2020. We're in the age of smartphones and iPads and tablets. You know that little circle to refresh? When you refresh the page because it's not working, you need to refresh your mind because it's not working. Some signal, something in your brain has either not clicked properly or has been damaged, and you need to refresh it. That may take some time. It might not be a simple click like an iPhone. <laughs> right. But you need to refresh it because this page needs to be refreshed and it needs to be updated. Um, I'm a huge advocate for especially men seeking help because we never want to admit we need help. You know, we're very prideful. Um, and even when we do admit it, we kind of have this uh, – like kind of kid approach about it, you know. You it's know. a real childish approach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'm coming to you, but I really don't want to come to right, you. Right, exactly. Um, so I, I I definitely support anyone who realizes that, bro, I'm on the verge of a mental breakdown here between either my personal life or everything going on around me in this country, in this world. I'm on the verge of a mental breakdown and I need help. You have a lot of brothers, unfortunately, who won't admit that because it could be the audience around them. You don't want to look weak. You know, when you when you need help, we have this stigma that you look weak because you need help. No, you actually look strong when you need help because you're addressing a problem. Like when we was in school and you knew the answer to a question, but you were afraid to raise it, your hand to answer it. Because even if the question was right or wrong, you didn't want your friends to be like, oh, you know, they didn't want you to, you didn't want them to call your names or anything, mm-hmm. you know. So to look cool or to look, you know, just whatever, you didn't answer. You So you suppressed yourself. You suppressed your knowledge. You suppressed your, uh, uh, you know, you wanted to enhance on your education. So I feel that we have to stop suppressing the fact that our mental illness, our mental state does not matter. It does. Because like you said, the body can't function without the brain. The brain is the computer that keeps this thing going. And just like phones and tablets and computers and even everything around us, everything has to be updated. It has to be refreshed. Um, We're going to move on here to our next topic, but I want to end the state of the black man to say this. Brothers, who's ever listening to this, we have to do better. It's going to be hard as hell. 
It's not going to be easy. I mean, Keith and I, you and I go through it in our own ways. Brothers out there listening, I know you go through it. Motown Motivated, uh, a black-owned production company, I know they go through it. But we've got to do better because at some point there's a thin line between judgment and constructive criticism. Not everyone who's saying something about you means something negative. They could actually see something and want to enhance on it. Don't take everything someone tells you in a negative way. Somebody could literally be trying to help you and you just want to block it because you're either used to it or you just have this, uh, uh, this, this ego or this stigma that, you know, you're judging me. Not everyone's out to judge you. You do have people trying to help you. Uh, we're going to move on here to a uh, brotherhood. Uh, Keith and I, we know this very well. Um, so Keith, uh, oh, before I say, before I say that ladies, I know you're listening out there. I don't want you to think that I ha- do not think about you. We will have a sisterhood episode, uh, coming down the line. I'm in the process of getting that together. Now, uh, I plan on having, uh, some guests on the show who definitely could speak about uh, black women and sisterhood. But uh, Keith, the definition of brotherhood, what, what's, your, what's your own term on that? Brotherhood. When I think of brotherhood and what brotherhood means to me is family. And not, that fa- not family in the sense of the word is blood. I'll say family where a brotherhood, they got your back no matter what. And this goes beyond race. Mm-hmm. This goes beyond a feeling that you have in your heart for some, for another indivi- you know for another individual. Mm-hmm. Um, brotherhood is I pick up the phone, I call you, you answer. Mm-hmm. We can have a conversation. We could be on the phone for fifteen minutes up to an hour. Mm-hmm. Brotherhood is to me the strength and bond and love between individuals. Who are there for each other mm. through our highs and through our lows, like what family is supposed to do. Right. It's it's a strong bond between, like I said, between individuals. Just brotherhood and sisterhood. It's a bond between mm. individuals that mm-hmm. you love and you care about, and that you would, at the drop of a hat, do anything for. Mm-hmm. And it goes beyond just us being blood relatives. Right. You know. <clears throat> but that's 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 what it means to me. You know, it's a it's a bond with individuals that you love and you care about and are willing to do anything for. You know what, Keith, I agree with you, and I I definitely appreciate your term, your definition to it yourself, very detailed. Uh, Let's turn to our good friend Google. Um, See what Google, of course, Google's definition is going to be a little bit more vague and kind of, (laughs) you know, like a swallow of a glass of water. (laughs) So uh, in the Google definition of brotherhood, an association, society, or community of people linked by a common interest, religion, or trade, the relationship between brothers. I can, under, and again, going back to that kind of straightforward answer, the Google term for me kind of seems like maybe like a fraternity. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe like a, like a, uh, maybe a football team. Or I'm some glad they didn't make it sound like a cult. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that does happen. Um, <laughs> My definition of brotherhood 
is a bond between two men and we're we're going to take we're going to make this on a larger scale it could be any race black white brown asian doesn't matter it could be any race cuz i have uh men i consider brothers who are not black and um you know brotherhood like like the word friend you have to be very careful who you consider family because you have people who are biologically related to you who you trust who you believe in who you feel will always have your back and they could be the one stabbing you in it so brotherhood is a, to me is is very sacred um uh, kind of like a fraternity, you know, very sacred, very um, trustworthy, you know. Can I actually trust myself and my family around you, you know? And over time, uh, you know, friendships grow into brotherhoods, you know, and just like any relationship, it takes time, takes growth. Um, brotherhood is a beautiful thing, man, you know, because you have your biological brothers, you know, you have uh, your stepbrothers. I don't really use that term, stepbrothers, too much because brother is brother, you know, but just for, uh, you know, purposes of definition. You have uh, friends who you call brothers, who you consider brothers, um, and they just form this brotherhood. You know, you're around men who you feel can rise you up and vice versa. Like you said, holding, like you said at the beginning of the show, holding each other accountable. You know, I think um, with brotherhood, at least from my perspective, um, we're going to eat together. You're going to break bread together. We're going to break bread together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody's going to eat at the table. That's right. You know, I don't care if you got to pull up a stool and sit right here on the corner. Everybody's going to eat Everybody at the table. Everybody's going to eat at the table. You know, and I, and I think uh, when it comes to brotherhood for me, it's a blessing because you know, especially when you, you, you kind of, you learn, we all learn ourselves. I, I, I'm a firm believer in you have finally learned a lot about yourself when it's time for you to pass away. Yeah. I feel that at that time you should have, or you probably have learned enough about yourself and it's time to go. Um, brotherhood for me, like I said, when, while you're learning yourself, you're understanding the people you like to associate yourself with. And I, I wanted to, to go into that saying this. <clears throat> I think one of the biggest misconceptions, especially with what we're talking about here, is that a lot of people don't take rejection well. So when the structures of families and brothers change, some people don't understand that or some people may not agree with it you know <clears throat> the the guys the friends the brothers you had in high school you might not rock with today same thing with college same thing with any so i ask you to say that how does how does brotherhood evolve do you feel there's growing pains within brotherhood as it evolves some people come in some people go i think that god puts and brings people into your life for a reason mm -hmm. And he takes those people out of your lives for a reason. Mm. Maybe your paths have changed. Maybe there has been 
you know, some slight of a, you know, some sense of a diversion in, in paths and I'm going left, you're going right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that wrong one is wrong and one is right. Mm-hmm. Things change. People change. Right. Um, I think that, you know, oftentimes, and that was a, a great point that you made, high school. I had a set of friends in high school. Um, I was in band, marched, actually, my junior and senior year, and I had a set of friends who I considered family, mm-hmm. brothers. And as we went on to college, we went our separate ways. Now, there is one that I am very close with still to this day. His name is Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest, I wish them nothing but success and blessings. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we don't converse. We don't talk anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm sure they wish the same. Um, I say that to say this. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Friend groups, brotherhoods. Our, as our responsibilities change and we grow older, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, things happen. I speak to our brotherhood, you and I, mm-hmm. Brendan, Blake, Khalid, mm-hmm. Dylan, mm-hmm. Clinton, my brother, who is my biological brother, Kaylon, you know, <laughs> Deshaun, you right. know. We're a close-knit group, mm-hmm. family. Right. Even everyone that I've mentioned for the most part, everyone is married or in relationships. Mm-hmm. We all even come together on that, right. on that type of scale. Right. That's how strong our brotherhood and our bond is. Mm-hmm. What makes our group so great is we all are opinionated. Mm-hmm. We all are educated. Mm-hmm. But we don't allow our own feelings about whatever it is separate us. Mm-hmm. And I think Right there, that's the strength of our brotherhood right. and our bond. Right. And why I love y'all, you know, why I would go, whatever y'all need, I would go to the to the to the ends, to the depths right. of earth for y'all, you know, because that's the relationship and the bond that we've had. Like you said, over time, almost like a fraternity, you mm-hmm. know, it was a process, mm-hmm. you know, but it didn't start like that at day one. At the inception. Mm-hmm. Went over time. Right. And where we are right now was beautiful, you know, and I feel like it's going to be like that forever. You know what? I forgot Harold. Don't want to forget my brother Harold. Harold, ghost you rider know, car. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Flames. But, um, but, you know, that's just where, you know, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's lives are different. Right. You know, we're married, but you and I don't have kids. Right. Kalik does. Shout out to Kalik. Harold has two beautiful boys. Shout out to Harold. Right. You know, and I don't see them every day. Right. But when we get together, it's like we didn't miss a beat. Brotherhood. Right. It's not like I'm speaking to a stranger. Mm -hmm. Someone that I, you know, hadn't, that was an acquaintance in high school that I just came across just on on chance. Right. Now, this is my brother. So when we, we, though we might not see each other, it could be a month, two months, three months. It could be a year. Mm-hmm. When we come together, when God brings us together at that point in time, when we connect, reconnect, mm-hmm. it's like time just stops. It's like we have, you know, like we never missed a beat. And that's what brotherhood is. That's that's the importance and strength behind that. It's, 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 it's all built on love. You know, I, 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 I feel exactly where you're coming from. Um, uh, shout out to my brother, Ed. Uh, Chris, 
Dejan and Stefan. And although we weren't all raised together, like you said, even with my own brothers, my biological brothers, I could come around them and it almost be like time just stood still. You know, we could have been apart days, months, years, but we're just it, that communication flow is going to be just there, just out of the blue. <clears throat> um, you brought up an interesting point about high school friends. I uh, had those similar situations as well. Um, I think that just like a season, certain relationships come and go. You know, winter passes, fall passes, summer passes. We're now in August, which means summer is slowly coming to an end. Um, so some relationships, some brotherhoods, unfortunately, don't last. Some of them end kind of bad, and some of them are more understanding. Um, and then you have those that you try to hold on to forever. Um, I definitely understand about high school because it seems like, you know, when we, when we leave high school, we're, we're young. We're, we're just, what, 17, 18, depending mm -hmm. on how old you are when you graduate. Mm -hmm. Compared to maybe graduating from college when you're mid-20s, early 20s, still young, but you're, you're out of your teenage years. And it's a little different when you leave high school because you're not obligated to be around this person five days a week anymore. So your brotherhood or your friendship gets tested once you leave high school, you know, because everyone takes different paths, you know, everyone is uh, uh, averted down different journeys, different, you know, walkways in life. And I say that to say this. Uh, one of my, ironically, old friends from high school, <coughs> excuse me, he made a post, I want to say maybe sometime last year, he said that just because our friendship has expired does not mean I hate you or have beef with you. That is a very true statement because I say that to say this. I'm sure there's someone out there who once I considered a brother or I considered a friend and, you know, I don't dislike or hate that person. I just may not speak to them anymore. Now, if I ran into them on the street, it would just be like we were still close. You know, we could talk. We could do whatever. But. That statement was very true, Keith, because we all hit points in our lives that sometimes we don't have enough room for everyone. You start a family, you get married, you got life things going on. You're a one-man army holding up an, a, a fleet of people. So it goes back to kind of, you know, just uh, really having a sense of understanding because even within this brotherhood, we have our own individualities. We have our own families. You know, I'm sure we would love to all hang out every weekend, but we just can't. Barring the pandemic and everything going on, it's just not possible, you know. Um, you know, especially as you get older and you get more responsibilities in life, kids, family. Yes, sir. You know, job, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. Exactly. Because I love my brothers, but y'all can't get in the way of my money. <laughs> Definitely can't do that. Definitely got to bring in them dollars. <laughs> uh, you know, because the bill collectors, they go care. Oh, no. <laughs> ain't no brotherhood. Ain't no brotherhood with no bill collectors. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, going back to what I was saying, uh, some relationships last, some don't, and then some just kind of 
you know, we don't talk every day. Right. But when we do talk, it's almost like we talk every day. And that's why I said what I said on the last episode. I know you heard it at the end where I spoke about calling someone you haven't spoke to in a while. Yes, that's very important. You know, because outside of brotherhood, there's there's always a person that, you know, it's like, damn, you know, I just wanted to see how you was doing. Yep. And I kind of got that last year. My 10-year class reunion was last year, class of 09. And I ran into some people who I was very close with, you know, years ago. <clears throat> and you would have never thought time had passed. You would have just thought it stood still. And, you know, kind of once it was over, we just called, went back to our, our corner of life, yeah. you know. <clears throat> yeah. So I say that to say this, man, you know, uh, uh, brotherhood, it is beautiful. It's forever evolving because you add people and sometimes you subtract people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest things is, uh, um, you know, how can we – how can we learn to uh, appreciate brotherhood more? How can we learn to appreciate our brothers more? And again, I'm talking on a wider scale, like, uh, you know, um, how can we, how can we make ourselves better within making our brothers better? You know, one of the things that, while you were, while you were articulating that kind of just popped in my mind here and you got to understand that we kept the one thing that we, that you and I both reiterated when we were articulating that was time, mm. right? Mm. So the one thing that you have to look at is that those were moments in time mm-hmm. that you can cherish. Right. So when I was in high school with my, with my bandmates, when we were mar- doing marching band and we was hanging out after school and hanging out on weekends and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Those were moments in time that I cherished and still cherish to this day. I, you know, the most important, the most important things is, is that time, you mm-hmm. know, and it's time while you're living in the moment, you have to cherish mm-hmm. that time. <clears throat> and it's very important. So as you were speaking to, you know, how do we on a wider scale, you know, how do we continue to make brotherhood strong? Mm-hmm. Enjoy the moment. Because mm-hmm. things do change. You right. add and you subtract people. Mm-hmm. But even if you do subtract people, those moments in that time were beautiful. Y'all, at that moment, were at the highest level of brotherhood. Right. And it could have been a subtle change. Right. A marriage, a set of kids, a responsibility. But you hold on to that. You cherish those moments. Even in college, there were people I met who I might not see for years, mm-hmm. but I cherish those moments that we did spend with each other. Right. You know, my mom said a long time ago when I was graduating from high school that your high school friends will either be there or they won't be there, mm-hmm. but your college friends will be the ones that last forever. Mm-hmm. And she didn't lie, at least reflecting on me. Right. All my brothers I met in college. Right. And we still going. So outside of Brendan, I've been knowing Brendan since kindergarten. So he was right. five years old. That's 23 years strong, going on 24. That's different. Right. But at the same time, all my boys now, mm-hmm. which I feel like I've known y'all from our whole, I feel like <laughs> we grew up together. Right. You know, can't put a time on that. But you right. have to enjoy that time while you're blessed to have it. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, you know, that's just 
it's to me that's that's the essence of it all. You know, like you said, people are gonna come and go. Right. You're gonna add people. You're gonna subtract people. It's no beef. You know, my grandmother, her and I had this conversation. I want to say a week ago. She brought up an interesting point. She said that she doesn't like the term when someone says I've outgrown you. I can understand why. Somebody might say that to you. They've outgrown you, and you're entitled to say that. But I choose to go about it a different way. I wouldn't say I've outgrown you. I, me personally, where we are in our lives are just on two different paths. That does not mean I'm better than you. That doesn't mean vice versa. That means that you're walking a path that was designed for you purposely. And our roads split somewhere in the middle. And I can see you over there doing your thing. You can see me over here doing my thing. And that's okay because there may come a time where we meet back in the middle again. Um, your grandmother was wise not to cut you off because that almost sounds like a backhanded compliment when you say that, but continue. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, I say that to say this, and, and we're going to kind of uh, move on to our last topic before we wrap up. Um, I say that to say this. You know, it's interesting because brotherhood is uh, very uh, true. Uh, it's very pure if it is treated correctly, you know, just like anything. Um, uh, I, I, and I, I use this reference lightly. Um, uh, you remember Uncle Drew, Kyrie Irving's Uncle Drew yeah. with the Pepsi commercials? Yeah. In yeah. the first commercial, he was sitting on the court watching his nephew play. And he said that, you know, uh, uh, he could be good at basketball if he took the game seriously. If we took relationships seriously, if we took brotherhood, if we took, you know, uh, uh, bonds and, and trust and love seriously, there's, there's no limit to how far we can go with this. You know. It's unlimited. Un exactly. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no limit to that. Well, Keith, we've come to our last 10 minutes of the show. Um, I want to thank our listeners who've been with us, uh, as you know, as we did on our first episode, which we'll continue doing our last 10 minutes is 10 minutes of reflection. Keith, you have the floor. Uh, go ahead, brother. You have five minutes to get out, whatever you like to get out. I, I don't want to put a timetable on it, but Motown Motivated may kick us up out of here. You and I can <laughs> do this all day long, but whatever message you want to deliver, Feel free. I, you know, just want to say that we are together as the human race. We have to come together. And what I mean by that is we have to come together and we have to treat each other better. Doesn't matter if you're black, no matter if you're white, no matter if you're purple, Mexican, Asian, no matter if you're, you know, Muslim, doesn't matter if you're Christian. You know, we have to do better with treating our brothers and our sisters better. Um, the only way, you know, the world will continue to move forward is by doing that. You know, we have to love and care for one another. We have to hold each other, you know, and we have to hold each other accountable as well. You know, you can't just be out here doing what you want to do. Um, I feel that, you know, once we can finally come together as a people, you know, when you really start to see change. Um, and I'm a firm believer in my life right now where I am. Right is right and wrong is wrong. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. 
don't care. I just don't. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to get back to, you know, to learning that, you know. It doesn't matter what you are, who you are. You know, mm -hmm. right is right and wrong is wrong. And I, you know, I, 2020 has been a different type of year for all of us. Mm -hmm. We have lost a lot of people, a lot of deaths, deaths, you know, because of the pandemic, um, deaths, you know, unexpected deaths, you know, uh, like Kobe in the beginning of the year, um, which has still been mm. really rough. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But we just have to learn to love each other, learn to care for each other, learn to hold each other accountable if someone is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, don't coddle, whether it be family, friends, or whomever. Hold each other accountable, you know, mm -hmm. and we have to learn to sometimes meet at the middle. You know, we might not agree. We might have two separate thoughts, mm -hmm. but at the very least, see where that person is coming from so that they can see where you're coming from and meet at the middle. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of just what I want to, you know, end it with. Just love, just love and peace, man. Okay. Well, uh, you have five minutes, but it's no problem, brother. I appreciate it. Some people just like to be short and sweet to the point. No problem at all. Um, Keith, you probably already know this, but I want to let my listeners know. Uh, one of my favorite rap artists of all time is Most Deaf. Yep. On my Most Deaf shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one of my favorite songs from him is Life in Marvelous Times. Uh, it's off his uh, the Ecstatic album. Um, it was also on the Fight Night Round Four soundtrack. Yes, it was. I bring that up to say this. Um, this is uh, uh, he. This is some of the lyrics in the song. He says, "And we are living in amazing times. Delicate hearts, diabol uh, diabolical minds, revelations, hatred, love, and war, and more and more and more and more." and more of less than ever before. And I want to also give, we're going back to Google again, we're gonna do the definition of marvelous. It's an adjective, and Google's definition is causing great wonder, extraordinary. The word marvelous to me can be used as both positive and negative, because you can marvel at something that it can shock and awe you, but it just, it's, it's negative, it's damaging, like a disaster, a pandemic. You marvel at it for the massive size of what it's done. And the reason why I brought this up was because we really are living in marvelous times. We're living in a very wonder, what if time period, what can be, what has happened, what will happen. We're living in an unknown time period where tomorrow, of course, is not promised, but you almost have no idea. Like there's been so many memes on social media when the next month comes, like, okay, we know what happened in June, we know what happened in July, you know, what was August gonna look like, you know? And that's why I brought this up. We really are living in marvelous times. And I don't mean marvelous as a kind of a joyous, I mean marvelous as a wondrous time because we just have no clue. And I say that to say, uh, related to what you said, Keith, you know, keep your families close, keep your brothers, keep your sisters close, because 
you're witnessing and you're marveling at something that, you know, our children hopefully don't have to experience in their life because you, you don't, the next generation is going to go through struggle. You just hope that their struggles are different from yours. Um, so I sit back and I just marvel at everything going on. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, it's jaw dropping. And it's just, you know, from the protests, from the pandemic, from just life in general, you know. Um, and uh, the reason why, like I said, Most Def is one of my favorite rappers, him, Kendrick, uh, J. Cole, uh, Wale, uh, a lot of uh, common, a lot of very conscious rappers who you don't hear on the radio a lot. Right. No offense to the ones you do hear. But um, we, like I said, we are living in marvelous times. We are living in a time period where you truly uh, are walking by faith and not by sight because the sight is changing every day. Every day. And yes, just, just, just stay, stay calm, stay safe. Um, we've discussed so much today. Brothers out there, if you are dealing with some type of mental illness, you know, um, and you want some type of help, there are programs available through state, local, county departments. Um, uh, if if you do need someone to talk to that you trust, uh, call up one of your brothers. I know you have one. Uh, call up one of your sisters. I know you have one. Um, there may be a neutral party person in your family somewhere. Because unfortunately, some individuals uh, either don't have health coverage or they can't afford. Therapy is not cheap. Uh, uh, and uh, I wish that there were more programs in place. You know, I, I want to say this and then we're going to close it. Think of this here. Think of this statement I'm about to say. It's easier for someone to go purchase a gun right now. At this very moment, on Saturday, August 1st, today is the 1st of August, it's easy for someone to go purchase a gun right now than to set up an appointment with a psychologist or a psychiatrist. It's easy for someone to go buy a weapon than to get mental help. It is an easier process. Like I said, we are living in marvelous times. Marvelous it is. Keith, I appreciate you coming, brother. Thank you for taking this time out. Thank you for having me, man. Man, I, I, I'm glad. Uh, yet again, I didn't want to ruin your moment you were having there earlier. You called me Will again, and it says it in the title, William, not Will. Gosh. I you think know what? For all of uh, the listeners out there today <laughs> and this morning now, afternoon, <laughs> August 1st, 1227, Y'all make sure to call my brother William from now on. <laughs> the show is Will Knowledge Hour with William, not Will. I appreciate that. Keith, man, love you. Appreciate you love having me. Love you too, you. man. Shout out to Motown Motivated. You, again, appreciate you guys giving us the platform to do what we do. You guys, a lot of listeners out there, enjoying your week. Enjoy your weekend. Be Whenever, safe. Be safe. Wear your mask. That's right. Wear the mask. Wear gloves, the mask. Gloves if you need to. That's right. Social distance. That's right. We're going to try to get in front of this thing, man. We're trying to get back to, I don't want to say normal, but we want to return to the thing, the way things once were before. All right. We out. Life in marvelous time.